everyone. Welcome to Beyond Sunday. Glad you could join us. I have Becky and Steve Ingold with me. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for joining. Yeah. Good to be here. Thanks for not wearing a hat this time. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I was I'm a little. You wear that. You wear that nice. sweatshirt a little too much. This is no a Dream sweatshirt jacket. Pullover, but you you need to. I would recommend you get something and like a new sweatshirt jacket. Actually, hopefully, expand your attire. Hopefully, in like when this is released, this episode, you'll be able to buy a 49ers championship sweatshirt. I will will be able to, but I never will. You should. No point in doing that. Super Bowl 54. You should be proud that I'm rocking Notre Dame. San Francisco has two Fighting Irish on their team. That's true. Mike McGlinchey and Sheldon Day. That's true. I like that. But in the Chiefs, anyways, though. Becky, you look great. You I'm glad you're here. I don't know why we're focusing <laughs> on looks, but uh, great. here we what go. Weird thing to say. Um, <laughs> so uh, week that was week four yeah. of uh-huh. what does love require? Awesome sermon, great content. Um, what are the what are what are one of the things you what what was that? Uh, you're the you're the one talking. <laughs> um, one of the things I want to dive into is you uh, you taught on the greatest commandment mm-hmm. of love God and love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And I've most of the time I've thought of it as two separate commands. Like mm-hmm. there's activities that I do that are loving God, and then there's activities that I do that are loving neighbors. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the things that most people may be wrestling with, or some people may be wrestling with, is the the concept of how tied together those two mm-hmm. commandments are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the important part about when Jesus said, "And the second is like it." It's not like it's. Sorry, I bumped the table. <laughs> and the second is like it, like it's not um, one's more important than the other. It's mm-hmm. that's just the second second in sequence. Like we can't understand the two apart from one another, and so we have to understand when Jesus says that the second is like it, that they go hand in hand. That you can't take one and remove the other, because the only way to express outward love is through, or sorry, upward love is through your outward love. And hopefully, that's what we were able to unpack for folks. Yeah, I, this I, weekend I thought you did a good job with that, and. Um, Oftentimes I've found for myself, I don't know about you guys, but my love God activities are oftentimes excluding others Mm -hmm. and they are very self-focused. Like you, how you talked about upward ends up turning into inward, inward, Mm -hmm. if it doesn't have the outward. Mm -hmm. And um, so I I thought that was really cool for me to think about and evaluate Mm -hmm. and just look back on that the time that I spent that I'm really trying to pursue God or love God is not wrong or bad necessarily. Like my quiet time is great. And time in like listening to worship music is great, but if it's not preparing me to love others, mm-hmm. it really quickly becomes like uh, just about me and what I'm needing or like maybe making me feel good about what I think pleases God or what I was taught as a kid might please God. Mm-hmm. And so I'm checking boxes cause I'm supposed to love God like that. Like I would it's hard to think about how much of my time have I kind of been off track and having the wrong motivation in a lot of the time that I've spent trying to pursue mm-hmm. God. Like mm-hmm. that's a scary thought a little bit. Well, and I think that's the tension that comes up is like pursuing God and intimacy, intimacy with God is a great thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like we should be doing that. But what is our end goal in that pursuit? Like who's that for? Mm-hmm. Because if it just stops with us, then it's just about me. If that does not somehow benefit someone else or show love or concern or honor or respect for someone else, then, then yeah, it's just like I'm trying to elevate myself so that God's like, hey, you're one of my, you're mm-hmm. one of my people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know. I feel like I can relate to your perspective. Where growing up in the church, like I oftentimes judged 
my closeness to God, my proximity to God, how good my relationship with God was based off of like the more individual spiritual disciplines I was doing. And if I was having my quiet time, if I was doing prayer, if I was in the word, then I felt close or I would say I'm close to God. And if I felt far from God, I would do practice those things more intentionally and try to feel closer to God or whatever that may be. And, um, and it wasn't until like years and years of following of Jesus that I kind of connected the loving other people to mm. being a thing that brings me closer to God and um, that it might not just be checking off another list in those individual practices, but it might just be resolving this conflict I have with my friend. And that is what's distancing me from God and not the fact that I, you know, didn't read five chapters of the Bible today, although that is good and helpful and does help me grow. But I think we, yeah, we separate the two way too much. And Jesus is like very clear that no, they go hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think about the number of times that I, I advised people or gave them pastoral advice when they, before I was even a pastor, but when they would say, okay, what do I need? What do I do? Like, how do I grow in my faith? Mm-hmm. And I would I'll recommend, well, read your Bible, mm-hmm. you know, have, have your quiet time, listen to worship music. And those were like the primary things I would advise on what it means, like what steps you need to take to love God. Mm-hmm. And again, like you said, like, those are all good things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't want to like vilify. So I'm those not. Things yeah, like, hey, I'm not vilifying those things at all. But that wasn't the best advice. Like that wasn't mm-hmm. advice that was fully centered on the one command that Jesus gave us. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just processing through that myself. Thanks for joining me in on that uh, process. <laughs> that's what we're here for. I think that's what this it's whole like a therapy session thing is all me. about. <laughs> yeah, basically. You thought it was for your groups or for you to get extra content. This is for Chris Stockhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I want to talk about the story of the Good Samaritan because you referenced it and because you're teaching on love God, love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's hard not to talk about that story because that's the best story that helps us understand like the concept of loving neighbor and how essential it is to loving God and how those two are so tied together um, and, and all the implications of that. And we can go in multiple different directions with, I don't think we need to walk through the story. Most people listening probably know the story if you don't. Read it. Mm-hmm. Read it. What chapter in the Bible is it, Steve Engel? Pastor Luke Steve? 10. Luke mm-hmm. 10. There you go. Um, Pass that test. <laughs> but let's talk about right. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think it is. What are the most interesting things you were processing about who our neighbor is that you're learning about? One of the things that – so I, I actually was going to walk through the entire Good Samaritan thing, but I, we just we just taught it back in October, so I ended up taking it out. But – but I did reference it. And I think one of the things that I really love so much about it is when Jesus told that it was, it, it crossed so many lines Mm -hmm. into like the them or the they territory. And Jesus like completely shatters all the, the them, they language. He's like, it's all us. And I think we, we so often, and I wish I would have spent more time here. Actually. Uh, we so often read the words that Jesus said in Matthew five, uh, love your enemies. Mm-hmm. Like that's, he takes that to the nth degree of what he's mm-hmm. doing with this good Samaritan thing. Where he's like, those people who hate you, not even the people who don't like you, those people who hate you mm-hmm. and who maybe you have some hatred or animosity or dislike built up toward, love them, mm-hmm. love them. Mm-hmm. And we didn't quite get into all the ramifications of love we will in the next couple of weeks or, or how that manifests itself. But typically we know what it means in those moments to love people. 
and what means to not love people. And so I think that's the beautiful thing about the Good Samaritan is Jesus goes, there's this like racism between the Samaritans and and Jesus's audience that that, that day that would have been thick. Mm-hmm. And he goes, nope, that's the person who actually helped. And they wouldn't have been able to imagine that is mm-hmm. a Samaritan like. They probably stopped listening at the word Samaritan. Yeah. Like for them, it was like, okay, we're done. Either that or they leaned in way more because they're like, wait, you're about to make the Samaritan the hero of this story? Are you kidding me? Right. Like, yeah, yeah. it's one. It's either they wrote him off and like, this guy's crazy. Or Let's just like, kill him. We're, we're done. What is the, how? So mm-hmm. I love, like we could teach that story every single weekend because I think there's so many, like you just look at our political climate or mm-hmm. um, just the the division that there is in our country or, or across the world, like this is something that we as followers of Jesus Christ have to get right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mm-hmm. just we just have to do it. So um, yeah, and for Jewish Jesus's audience, the the Jewish people, the Samaritan would have been the the word that right like triggered a physical emotional reaction and then that got their blood boiling. And I think it's important for us when we read stories like that to not just be like, oh, okay, that's cool. I understand that context, but to apply it to our life and say, okay, who who are those people for me? Who are the people in my life that when I see them or I hear them or I look at them or whatever mm-hmm. that may be, I, I have a physical reaction. I get Chiefs anxious. Fan, I like get Chiefs fans mad. And stuff I right get, now. There you go. I would say more Niners fans right now. Nope. <laughs> for me. I'm saying for me. Okay. Stay focused. Sorry. Stay focused. Go ahead, Becky. Um, you were talking about Jesus. Right? Something like that. Um, because, yeah, it's so easy to, like, read a story and even want to, like, understand that context but then leave it there. And yeah. I think one of the beautiful things about Scripture is that it's timeless. And, and, and the context, we can look at it in our context and ask ourselves, who are those people for me? Whether it is a literal neighbor or a coworker or a family member or a, even someone else we attend church with, but they have different beliefs or perspectives or understandings than we do. And, mm. and it incites that physical or emotional reaction in us um, instead of dismissing that or giving ourselves permission to say, no, I can remove myself from that. Jesus is saying, no, you actually can't. And your love for me will be disproved Mm. if you aren't loving those people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there's something so interesting that you just said, you said scripture is timeless. And then you also said, we have to look at the context. And I think, I think that's, that's some of what we're even wrestling through this in this series is because yeah the word of god is timeless in that when we read it we understand the ramifications of what it meant to those people we Mm -hmm. we get to understand even more so what it means to Mm -hmm. us today right now and so it's such a beautiful book that we get to process but to your point when we understand the ramifications of what is said Mm -hmm. to its fullest degree that's when it really comes to life Mm -hmm. in some pretty profound ways so I think that's important what you said. And the Pharisees of the day, like that, that is not how they were taught to love God. Mm-mm. Like that is so foreign. It's mm-hmm. so upside down in terms of all the practices that they were taught and all the things and the procedures that they had to go through to show love to God were the were, were all upward, mm-hmm. as you were talking about. Well, it's, all it was eyes up rigid. to the sky, rigid. Yeah. It's black and white, which we're going to talk more about next week as well mm-hmm. um, when we get into some of the things about love and how like how do you go about showing love what does that look mm-hmm. like in all different situations um i like how you um you framed the mentality which is which is kind of an old testament old covenant mentality of asking the question how far is too far mm-hmm. is this a sin is that a sin mm-hmm. 
and the mentality that we often have of asking those questions to try to figure out what am I allowed to do? What am I not allowed to do? Mm -hmm. You want to talk more? You want to like, let's dig into that a little bit more Mm -hmm. because it gets into motivations and just like not new covenant thinking. Yeah. I mean, we all have kids here and I don't know if Hudson or Leighton are at this stage yet where they're manipulating your words, but Jericho's Late just Hudson for sure. Hudson is Late Jericho's just talk. just getting to this place where he's like, well, yeah, Leighton can't talk. That's a good point. Uh, Jericho's getting to this place where if I don't spell out exactly what I want him to do, he'll like find a way to fudge mm-hmm. around yeah. it. And and that's that's the interesting thing about about the loopholes that we can find or the things that just uh, like I told the story of Jericho going. I wasn't jumping that I was hopping. I'm like, you know, like you're missing yeah. the heart of the rule that I gave you, <laughs> which is exactly what the Pharisees that's, were doing. That's and what we do oftentimes. What, and what we do all the time, it's like you missed the heart completely. And, and, uh, and that's why I love what Jesus does because there is no fine print with these two commands become one command mm-hmm. because there, you can't separate them. There's no workaround. There's no, there's no like, well, you got to get, here's the articles of this. It's like, this is everything, all the law, all the prophets, everything that that audience would have known about their scripture. Jesus is saying all of that hangs on these two commands. And it's like, that is huge. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think that's the part where we have to, we have to take a look and assess, like, how often are we looking for the, for the, like, how far is, how far can I push the boundary? Like I have people ask me all the time. I'm Mm -hmm. sure you guys run into this. Hey, is this a sin? Yeah. Like, is that a sin? Like, mm-hmm. and usually the motivation behind that is like, what can I get away with? Mm-hmm. How far can I push this? Or how far can I push this? And God's not going to be super angry and punish me. Or how can I justify this that I did? Yes. Yeah. That it's actually honoring God as opposed to making God like upset. Right. right. So it's, we're so good. The human nature is so good at figuring out ways to do that, mm-hmm. to justify, to oh, I can bend justify things, to change much. words, to be like, I think it's okay. Mm-hmm. Because this word wasn't used, it was like the jumping and hopping. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. That's we a loophole in the law. Uh-huh. We could probably justify anything yeah. we wanted to do right. by finding some verse in scripture, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I think that's why the flip side of instead of asking how far is too far, mm-hmm. what's, what is sin, what, how, what's that line I can get up to before it's considered mm-hmm. wrong, Jesus focuses on the love piece mm-hmm. and it's not about you know what you can do and get away with it's about what's the most loving thing for right. your neighbor yeah and I think we'll unpack that more in the weeks to come yeah but. and he and he gets into that in the Sermon on the Mount like mm-hmm. when he talks about adultery and murder of, mm-hmm. because those were like hard lines that people in the old covenant you could go right up to that line yeah and until you actually committed adultery like what are you getting? No, <laughs> that's that's all that needs to be said. You hadn't sinned yet, right? Yeah, right. And right. so, and same with murder. Like, and so Jesus, he goes, he backs way up, mm-hmm. and he goes all the way into the heart, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Nope, you already murdered him. Mm-hmm. That was already sin because of where your heart was at, what your motivations were at the very beginning, and all the loopholes are gone. Mm-hmm. He just he takes them all away, mm-hmm. which is what makes it so much more demanding. Which is what makes grace so necessary, mm-hmm. which is what makes our understanding of grace and holiness and righteousness with, in light of the new covenant so important too, because mm-hmm. it's like, it's not, it's not as easy to just go, just do this because it's, it, it requires so much of you mm-hmm. that it's nuanced and it's complex. And we, I think I've said nuanced and complex, like every time I've talked about this series and mm-hmm. 
had conversations with people because we want we want it to be so rigid because mm-hmm. I know where I stand or I know what I can get away with or I know where that boundary is and so Jesus messes all of that up yep mm-hmm. I like what you said where um, Jesus was saying no it's not just about how close you can get but he backs it even way up and I think one of the biggest um, questions I've heard from our congregation as we've gone through the first four weeks of the series and um, whether that's on cards or talking to people in person is well are we just are we just saying because the old covenant's gone that there's the new covenant and and we're just gonna like ignore sinning and that people can just do what they want and and when you actually look at what Jesus is saying, he's he's making it like you said, he's backing it up further. It's not just like a no, do whatever mm-hmm. you want. It's this, it's this, um, this. There's still this focus on following Jesus and and his commands, and but it's almost harder to where we need the Holy Spirit and we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. And instead yeah, of just so good. instead of just relying on rules and laws, we have to rely on the Holy Spirit and Him speaking to us and us seeking Him and saying what where what do i need for this situation mm-hmm. um yep. and uh yeah i think that's, that's important good. to realize yeah and what i mean part of what jesus is doing in backing it way up is he's he's doing what the law was supposed to do all along is point out like hey you guys can't do this mm-hmm. and so but the pharisees still thought they could obey all the laws mm-hmm. and so jesus like said okay i got to take this even further mm-hmm. because you're not getting it you can't please me on yeah. like your, your the Bible calls it your, our flesh is going to find ways to figure out how to have wrong motivations. Like mm-hmm. we're just going to continually do it and we're going to fail and fail and fail. Mm-hmm. And the whole point is to point out our need for a savior mm-hmm. and our need for help. But there's this big transition from old to new. And it's mm-hmm. from how do I please God by obeying and not sinning to how do I please God by loving? Mm-hmm. And they're, they're completely different mm-hmm. like the the gap in like mindset and lifestyle mm-hmm. is night and day yeah. from old to new it really is well that it changes like the way you look at generosity it changes the way you look at um sacrifice it changes the way you look at mm-hmm. uh, obedience it cha- like mm-hmm. all those things get shifted mm-hmm. and they become you're right way more difficult mm-hmm. and i think that's the part where for as much as we want to know what what we don't really want to know how like we don't really want to lean into the ramifications of all this because it's it's life shaking mm-hmm. when you think of what Jesus is saying here and mm-hmm. so yeah it's I I love that we're talking through this because it's, I hope it's causing people to wrestle and mm-hmm. and well I've and had so many good this. conversations with people mm-hmm. and and almost all positive feedback yeah. um, and there's a there's people struggling and wrestling with it and this has kind of rocked their world a little bit um, but for for the most part. For people, it's causing them to ask good questions, mm-hmm. and there are our people are doing it in a very positive way. Mm-hmm. One of the questions that I've I've got a bunch of times is, "This is great. Like I'm really processing through this. Can you guys like tell me how do I now read my Old Testament? Mm-hmm. Like, what do I not read mm-hmm. it? Do I like continue to read it just as much? What's Cornerstone gonna do in terms mm-hmm. of teaching mm-hmm. the whole Old Testament? Let's talk about that a little bit because mm-hmm. I don't think we've really gotten into it in the sermons. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, so so okay, so here when I look at the the Old Testament, you start with um the Genesis through through Exodus, thank you, Deuteronomy, the Pentateuch, like that's law, that's what they wrestled with, that's what they we see all the covenants in there. Mm-hmm. 
Then we get to Joshua and Judges. We start to see more of their history, First, Second Samuel, Kings. Like then it's this period of Jewish history, um, and then we 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 have Psalms and Proverbs, songs, all that stuff, and then we have minor and major prophets in there. Mm-hmm. Like the way that we read through that is is really what those books were intended to be for. Like the old the 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 law were were meant to be law for those people in that situation and there's even like nuance to the abrahamic covenant because some of that stuff was mm-hmm. longer than just than mm-hmm. just those people like there's stuff from that that points to jesus mm-hmm. and i think that's the important thing to recognize is that all of this points to jesus but i'm probably rambling too much but reading the law then reading the history and reading the prophets in light of jesus's new covenant is how we have to read it but it's so important to read because if you miss some of the um some of what what's happening there and what that means for what jesus is doing Mm -hmm. you miss the significance of what jesus is saying and doing in a lot of ways if you can't tie it all back together so it's so important for Mm -hmm. us to read that and to go, yeah, that was for them, and this is why God had to do the, these things the way that the, that He did them. Mm-hmm. So, sorry to ramble. I just I love thinking. Well, it's a, it's a that. very complicated answer. I, I mean, my version of that would be yes, read, read the Old Testament, mm-hmm. study it, dig into it. It requires work. Yeah. Like you can't just grab a verse and read it and directly apply it to you mm-hmm. most of the time in the Old Testament. Like there's more going on mm-hmm. that has to be understood. There's context to the situation that you have to dig into and just say, hey, was God just saying it to this one person, to this other nation, to this other group, or was he saying it to me? You have to decipher the purpose of the book, who wrote Mm -hmm. the book, why they wrote it, what was going on in that situation. And oftentimes there are things for us to learn Mm -hmm. in that, but it may not be a direct thing that that God is saying to you. Like when he said, a lot of times he'll say um, what he's going to do and he'll say, to you I will, Mm -hmm. right? And he's talking to the nation of Israel, but we could read it and it sounds like he's saying you to me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, he's not yeah. saying you to you. He's saying you to the nation of That's Israel. Right. Yeah. And there's still are lessons in there for us to learn about God as he's revealing himself in the Old Testament under the conditions of that covenant. But even that provides a lot of complexity because when some of the uh, Old Testament authors are giving advice, um, like in Psalms or Proverbs, mm-hmm. they're giving advice under the conditions of the Old Covenant which is a conditional covenant, which has a different mindset that it causes people to live under. And so they're advising people on how to live within that mindset. But it, it, so at the same so time, it's, con- it's super yes, complicated. Yes, hundred percent. At the same time, another layer of complication to this is that we still get a picture into the character of God through those, yes, we through do. those books too. So we learn some of that mm-hmm. and that causes confusion in other areas because we see God like acting in ways that aren't consistent necessarily with some of the things we read in the New Testament. And so then we start asking questions about that and why did God do this and why did God do that? And this is the beauty of God. We can't understand him. Mm-hmm. If we could understand God, he wouldn't be much of a God. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you guys are super smart. I'm not that smart. But mm-hmm. if any of us could understand God, <laughs> he wouldn't be much of a God. And I think that's the thing I always yeah. dr- want to draw us back to. Um, and to be okay with wrestling, which is the other thing about God, is because he's been this God who's always wanted his people to wrestle and struggle and fight and process. Well, that's what the name Israel means right, in the first right. place is when Jacob mm-hmm. wrestled with God and God changed his name to Israel. And and so I think it's implied that there should be this wrestling, this engagement. Yeah. And I just think for far long in Western Christianity, we took the wrestling away from the people right. and the pastors can teach you and we'll feed you and that's fine. And you don't act, just read it your Bible to like encourage you and not actually wrestle through right. 
what God might yeah, want to show you. Yeah, we did people a disservice in that. Which is interesting. I don't know if it's just Western. Like you could go all the way back to to when Christianity was legalized, yeah. and and all of a sudden shifts started to happen. And you look at from 300 AD on, it's like the people who really wrestled and got to process through all that was were the first couple centuries mm-hmm. right after Jesus right. that didn't have all the laws that we've made. Mm-hmm. Right, they didn't have a Bible. <laughs> right, right. That's what um, we have it. Which yeah. is fascinating mm-hmm. to think through. And that's just another layer to that that I would we we could talk for hours on this is um, they didn't have the the Bible that we have they were closest but they were closest in time to Jesus right so they probably had a little bit of a better picture because it's of word the of context mouth of Jesus and, and what, he, what he was saying and what he was yeah. doing so it, I think it would be helpful for us to learn from them and look right. back at how are they experiencing things how are they living what were yeah. they doing. And, and, and not to think, because I think this is the thing we fall into, that we know better or we know more because mm-hmm. we have all this. Right. We have 2,000 years of history to learn from, so of mm-hmm. course we know, we know more. Right, yeah. So. I would also say in regards to the Old Testament, um, like I told a story in the last Beyond Sunday episode of the guy when I was in high school who discipled me and just gave me the New Testament and told me to start reading the book of John. Mm-hmm. Like that was the place for me to start. Mm-hmm. And there's so much wisdom in that. And I would, I would advise people to do the same. When someone's new to faith, mm-hmm. When or they don't even believe yet, but they're asking questions. I like that's not the appropriate time to have them dig into the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I usually I, go I Song of Songs. Place. That's my uh, my first book that I recommend to people. That, that like here, people. read this. Um, <laughs> I I think you start with Jesus. You want them to start with Jesus. You mm-hmm. want them to start with the Gospels, and then they can work their way out from there as their faith grows. Mm-hmm. But like Gideon, who puts Bibles in hotel rooms, like they should just. I think they should put just the New Testament in the hotel rooms because. Mm-hmm. There's people that are in the hotel room, they, they see the Bible. Some people may open it up, and where are they going to start? They're going to start going through Genesis, but then they get quickly into the law with all, like, it's super confusing. And, mm-hmm. it, and it, the Old Testament portrait in some of those books paints a limited view on God mm-hmm. in terms of that's just God didn't reveal himself as much as he did in Jesus. You, mm-hmm. only, you see less of who God is. You only see bits and pieces. So it's confusing for people. And so... I think from an evangelistic standpoint or when you're discipling someone who's just at the beginning, mm-hmm. like focus on the New Testament, yeah. focus on the Gospels. Yeah. Well, that's why we, yeah, we don't hand people Torah and say, here, understand Jewish history or Jewish law. Right. We, why we start there? Mm-hmm. Like you're, the fact that your buddy gave you John is so good yeah. because it goes in the beginning. Yeah. Right. But then let's get to Jesus pretty quickly yep. because this was the, the culmination of all that. Yeah, that's good. All right, we're going to stop here. We've we talked covered for a, a long lot. time. This was a longer episode. It's mostly your fault. That's fine. Yeah, I enjoy it. You guys did great. Um, all right, we're going to catch you guys. we got two more weeks in this series. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then after the, this series, we're going to jump into the book of Philippians, which yeah. I'm really excited about. So that'll be eight, fun. So, eight weeks. Yeah. Philippians. All right, so. we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks. All right.